And now, what it really means with your hosts, Brad Shepard and Paul Harrell. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's May 26, 2021. I'm Brad Shepard, of course, and I'm joined by Paul Harrell, my co-host. Paul, how's it going? It's going good, Brad. I have a new name for Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, and the only reason I have this new name is because I'm sick and tired, sick and tired of getting these emails on my press account, you know, Caitlin for California and you know, all these uh, press releases, I'm getting them all. And so I now am calling, uh, her, him or whatever, uh, Baphomet, uh, Baphomet for California, ladies and gentlemen, everybody go vote for Baphomet for California. That's actually better than, uh, Caitlin for California, um, yeah, so I, I mean, fully endorse that. I don't know if there's a way I could actually change my settings to where it like automatically renames <laughs> it on my notifications, but that would be pretty cool. Um, because I mean, for those of you that don't know, surely people on what it really means know this. But I mean, if you go look at the the goat statue, the satanic, it's a goat head, you know, female breasts, male genitalia, and this is something we're going to celebrate, uh, you know, in the Republican Party. Uh, I don't think so. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally normal. Yeah. No big deal. Anyway, sorry uh, to derail, but that's <laughs> how it's going for me, Brad. And don't forget to hit that donate button, Paul, on uh, Caitlin for California, whatever the hell the website is that um, <laughs> and get some uh, no. of that merch. Uh, well, OK, <laughs> we're going to start today's show off hot, apparently. That's right. Um, let's talk about the anniversary of George Floyd's death. One year anniversary and it was quite an eventful day they had um, a little thing in george floyd square as they call it in in minneapolis minnesota it was airing live on the news on abc paul something happened you'll never guess what but uh, we are gonna take a take a listen we're gonna listen along as a reporter from ABC is live on the air discussing, you guessed it, police reform. This bill of comprehensive police reform uh, to be, uh, to... just gotta be careful here with some gunshots. Excuse us, excuse us. It sounds like gunshots, I'll let you know what this is. These seem to be gunshots. Shit. Shit, where is that? We're okay, we're okay, we're okay. Uh, we're, we're just gonna go. <sighs> wow, I mean, you know, and th this is all on the anniversary of George Floyd's death that sparked the defunding of the police. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of the one of the first time I was, I remember I was in the sixth grade, and uh, a, a friend of mine uh, had had a rap CD he wanted me to listen to, and I don't remember what it was, but it was you know hardcore gangster rap, <laughs> and it was a song, and it started out like that, not with the news coverage, which makes it even more rich, but it's it's one of these songs that starts out where you hear a gun cock, and then you just hear you know gunshots just like that, and then the beat drops, you know, so. Uh, Anyway, kind of fitting on uh, a day of like today. I think it was a person dropping, not the beat in this case. But yeah, I mean, 
uh, how apropos that this would take place uh, on a day where they're, they're celebrating such a, a peaceful person that we have to idolize. I love how the, the, the anchor there is like, as we talk about police reform and boom, boom, boom. And here's the, and, and it's so crazy because, I mean, it, it totally, ex, you know, explodes their narrative right there for everybody to see. The emperor has no clothes because that those weren't police officers that were shooting. You know, you would talk about we need police reform. No, it seems like we need some police. How about just how about we have some police? How about we end this anarcho tyranny and have some police that are willing to enforce laws on lawbreakers, regardless of skin color or political affiliation? Oh, right? well, I mean, that's what yeah. we need. Yeah, well, you're just saying that because you're white, Brad. Yeah, it's my white privilege. Speaking out. Ugh, so disgusting. But it, it was kind of ironic, too, because transitioning into this, uh, Ben Crump, who is the new age race pimp, he is the new Al Sharpton. He's the new Jesse Jackson. So, so Ben Crump told reporters that Republican Senator Tim Scott told him any policing overhaul bill will be named the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. Now, this man put a gun to the stomach of a pregnant woman. He was a violent criminal, regardless of what she thought of his death. And here we are idolizing him. Do you think he's a good example for black men in this country? And would you want your daughter dating George Floyd or your son growing up like him? Think about that and be honest. You raise valid points. Absolutely. And it's just a shame that, you know, well, it's predictable that Tim Scott is saying this, you know, Senator Tim Scott, because Donald Trump is no longer in uh, in office and uh, he refused to go along with the the media's beat that they would always try to set and they get people to dance to. They get people to jump to. And so there's no, you know, there's nobody out there saying, no, I reject your false premise. I reject the whole narrative of George Floyd and uh, what you're trying to get us to say. So instead, now we're going to name legislation after him. Um, and, you know, and Tim Scott's one of these guys that the Republican establishment really wants to put out there. Obviously, he gave the, oh, yeah. one of the response speeches. And I don't know if you've been reading Breitbart over the last week, but it's getting harder and harder to read. I'm not saying they don't ever have anything worth reading, but it's getting more difficult to read because it's just more and more uh, getting us familiar with the bench of the Republican Party. Your Tim Scotts, your Marco Rubio, uh, even Arkansas Senator uh, Tom Cotton is on there a whole lot right now. And um, to me, it just is, uh, it's really tone deaf to what the country feels, the, the Republican Party base feels right now. We're concerned with the audits going on in Arizona, what's going to happen in Georgia, what's going to happen in New Hampshire, Wisconsin, and Michigan. That's what, that's all we really want to know. I don't care who's trying to run in 2024. Yeah, great point. And Breitbart is pretty much unreadable. I mean, if you're a MAGA guy, a Trump supporter, a nationalist populist, you know, man, it's it's just, it's unreadable. And, you know, I think Andrew Breitbart, if he were alive, he would be so disappointed in the direction of that site. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, Tim Scott is the guy who pushed for the police reform under President Trump. It, let's be honest here. It, it 
pander to people who didn't vote for President Trump anyway during re-election, and overwhelmingly. And you know what we saw is astronomical crime rates, murder rates going up in big cities. So I would argue that we need to actually imprison more people. Now, what we don't need to do is imprison people for possessing marijuana, right? Things like right, that. Right. You got me, right? Let's let's take them out of jail. That's that's a waste of everything. And it's not right. But you're talking people who have long records, repeated violent offenses or violent offenses, and they're being let out of prison to, you know, just it, and the recidivism rate is just astronomical with these folks. And so they're going back into the same communities and hurting people uh, and, and killing them. So they need to be in prison. And so that's what I would argue, that we're, we're actually in the wrong course when we talk about going down that path of, of police reform. Because who does that really benefit? So, yeah, I, I mean, it's a really interesting thing. And Tim Scott, to me, is a total establishment Republican, and they're trying to prop him up to be something is not. And, you know, with Republicans, it's all about the, but Democrats are the real racists, you know, speech. So they love a guy like Tim Scott because he's black, right? And so yeah. they can say... Democrats are the real racist because they don't support Tim Scott, who is a black Republican and is trying to help black people. And so it's this weird sort of game that we have consistently seen does not help the Republican Party win elections. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's it's right to say that the Democrats clearly don't support Tim Scott. I mean, so there is obviously a hypocrisy to be had. But to your point, Brad, how many times do we have to see the hypocrisy? Nobody really cares because the Democrats don't care about their standards being enforced on them. They only want their standards forced on other people. I think that's called a double standard. Also, to your point about pandering and the police reform, uh, yeah, you're right. That It was pandering. And we remember the Kanye West thing. And while I, I, uh, I think Kanye West is interesting— you would have thought that he would have tried to help get more black people to vote for Trump because of that, because of that Oval Office meeting and everything. And instead, he runs for president himself. <laughs> Which is just hilarious if you think about it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's something else, that's for sure. <laughs> it's, I don't know. You know, Tim Scott, though, in 2024, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not going to happen. You know, so Republican Party can cancel that idea because the MAGA movement will not support Tim Scott for president in 2024, period, period. Yeah, I mean, and I don't understand how any of them think they're going to win. I mean, unless they're wanting the Chinese to help them in the in the primary. I, I don't know how if Trump runs, I just don't see how any of them think that they're going to even have a chance. I mean, they might as well just uh, I mean, it's just a total waste of money if you're going to do that. Yeah. And you can definitely see how the GOP establishment is serving it up so that there are options in 2024 outside of Trump. Yeah, right. They are definitely. really they're game planning this man. They do not want Trump again. And they're doing everything they can to uh, to be controlled opposition and make sure that he does not get the nomination again. Yeah. Well, so his his rallies are going to start up soon. We talked about this last week. Uh, while and I know we're going to get to the audits here in a minute, but while the the news of the audits are going to start rolling in, and uh, man, it's going to get electric here. It is. I totally agree. Yeah. Let's dive right into the audits. Might as well. Um, 
And it's gotten really interesting because what we've seen in Arizona, where Democrats have done everything they can to fight looking at the results of the election in Maricopa County, which hadn't gone Democrat in forever. And there's a lot of things that don't make sense about that. Um, And we're already finding serious problems in that particular piece of the election. And then you talk about New Hampshire, Paul. You mentioned this on our last episode where with, with the voting machine. And now we're hearing that a judge ordered 145,000 Fulton County, Georgia absentee ballots to be unsealed. Election officials are alleging that up to 30,000 of the ballots are fraudulent. And that's relevant because it was in a state that Joe Biden allegedly won by only about 12,000 votes. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, we all knew what they were doing in Georgia, you know. On election night with the with the Fulton County water main that had burst that didn't really burst. And I mean, remember that I remember when the the, the video came out of, of them switching the suitcases. And uh, I mean, you know, everybody knew that's everybody just totally knows. normal. Yeah, it's yeah, just normal. I mean, they just had some votes that, you know, they I had, mean, in, yeah. in a lot of ways. And I don't know what I, I, you know, I reiterate what I said last week. I don't know what the end game is or the outcome is. I mean, I know what we all would want to happen. We want justice. But uh, even the people that did this, they all had to know that their time was going to run out and they were going to all get caught eventually. They had to. I mean, you can't do what they did. It'd be one thing if Trump was barely in the lead, but he was slaughtering Joe Biden, um, you know, figuratively speaking, on, uh, you know, on election night. He was he was crushing everywhere. And so they in order to cheat, they had just a ton of ground to make up. And that's why it's so glaring. That's why it's caught. And they don't want anyone to look at it. And, of course, the president is now out criticizing uh, Mitch McConnell and uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, he's calling this the crime of the century. And he's s- said that this is the crime of the century before. Uh, why aren't minority leader Mitch McConnell and Republicans doing anything about what went on in the 2020 election? How can the Democrats be allowed to get away with this? So, again, my point earlier these route, I mean, we're going to find out if this is true in New Hampshire. We're going to find out in Georgia. We're going to find out. We're going to know exactly what happened uh, when this is all said and done. And the president of, uh, of the United States, Donald Trump, is going to be able to say Joe Biden is not the real president. And he's going to say it everywhere he goes. And they're going, you think they lose their minds now. You think Facebook and Twitter are losing their minds now. <laughs> you just wait until that happens. And that's why Twitter won't even reinstate him. They don't want to reinstate him right now because they know uh, that they'll immediately ban him. And, you know, they don't even want to mess with that. Well, with Republicans like Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, who needs Democrats? That's right. You know, uh, and yeah, no, hell no. Facebook's not going to let him back on. They they suspect he's going to run again. They know he's going to start doing rallies again. They know he's going to continue bringing up the big lie, the steal of the century. And he should. He should not let that go. We're not letting that go. And so I love it. You know, it's it's keeping the pressure on. It's continuing to drive that message. And frankly, that's what we have to do. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, I think if you look at um, it's interesting, the New York Times, believe it or not. And this is I, I've seen this a couple of places. 
The New York Times is starting to look into the politics of, um, you know, local states. They're they're doing these deep dives, um, and it's I, I'm telling you, it just doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, they they've, they've done one on Texas now. They've done one in Arkansas. Here's the headline from Texas: The GOP won it all in Texas. Then it turned on itself. Uh, then they've got one on Arkansas, and it's uh, you know promoting Asa Hutchinson and him trying to break away from the Republican Party, or at least you know try to be the reformer or whatever. Um, and it just strikes me as odd that we have these New York Times reporters doing this. It's almost like it's like a flare, you know, just shooting a flare gun up, trying to get the USS George Soros's attention. Like, hey, over here, like we need some help. Um, so I, I guess I say all that to say that the Republican Party establishment r- right now, you know, two weeks after the Liz Cheney situation, or I guess that was last week, um, is uh, is still on the run. It's worse now for them, the, for the establishment, than it was a couple of weeks ago. And I'm just speculating. It's just my opinion, but it's just based on what I'm seeing in the news. It's uh, in the mainstream corrupt propaganda news. Uh, when they're when they're now starting to write about Republican politics, it's uh, in in a deep dive like analytical way. It's it's not what it seems. That's for sure. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting though, and uh, perhaps just as interesting is this story that Paul you brought to my attention. Wow, a white liberal mother regrets offering her daughter as a ritual sacrifice to the diversity gods of the globalist American empire, as Darren Beatty would call them. Wow, this one was interesting. So I'm I'm going to read uh, a summary of the article and. And then I, I want to get your take on this for sure. Okay. Dear, dear care in feeding. This is a, a parenting column on slate.com. I am a liberal white upper middle class parent. And we live in a mixed income, racially integrated urban neighborhood. When it came time to enroll our daughter in high school, we selected a school that was majority black because it was close by and we rejected the notion of getting caught up in which magnet school was most prestigious. Our daughter had a horrible time there. She was harassed so much that we had to pull her out. And other non-black students there were victimized because of their race. I am struggling to make sense of the experience. I think she's managed it well and hasn't let it affect her general views on race. And I believe I'm doing the same. But mostly, I am just so angry that our daughter had to endure this, and I feel guilty that I put her in this position. I also feel caught between friends who seem to want to say, I told you so, and those who seem to think that saying that she was the victim of racial harassment somehow makes me seem racist since it was at the hands of black students. Maybe I should just chalk it up to bad luck. But how can I let go of the guilt and anger and all the other awful reactions I'm having to this? Hoping I'm not a Karen. That's how she signed the letter. Wow. Okay, so Slate's Jamala Lemieux. And if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not, I don't really care. But this person replies... 
that the reader's daughter deserved what happened to her because of her race and that she's guilty of colonizing a space their race wasn't welcome in. Now, this may get a little uncomfortable, but anti-white racism has become the most prevalent and acceptable form of racism in recent history. And you see that in our schools where our children are being taught anti-white education and where colleges and universities are literally segregating white people and people of color. You see that in our elected officials. Look at Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who is only allowing members of the media who aren't white to interview her. You see it in the corporate media who brainwash people into actually believing there are white cops hunting down black people and that white people are oppressors. You see with BLM activists and journalists and professors who are openly calling for the genocide of white people without consequence. You see it in big corporations who are telling employees to be less white and exclusively hiring only people of color into leadership positions. The U.S. Senate just confirmed a woman as its head of DOJ's Civil Rights Division who once wrote that white people are biologically inferior to black people. Now imagine reversing the races on any of those things I just said and think about what the response would be and how that would be different, potentially. The inconvenient truth is that actual racism against people of color is not a significant problem in America in 2021, which is great. In fact, the single worst thing you can be called in modern society is racist. It's a term that once had real meaning, and now it's simply used to demonize and control people who are overwhelmingly not actually racist. If you don't want open borders, you're a racist. If you don't support BLM, you're a racist. And that is the clown country we are living in today. Man, that, that I love that, Brad. That's living up to the podcast's namesake for sure. Um, you're exactly right, and it's not controversial. I mean, not to me anyway. Uh, the more I've thought about it, over the last, especially over the last week, you mentioned Lori Lightfoot not wanting to interview or, or allow white uh, reporters to interview her. Surprisingly, she even got some pushback from other journalists on that. Shocker. I mean, you know, I'm hoping even those ones on the left are waking up. You know, this this lady here who wrote in this um, uh, this uh, Slate.com's Dear Care and Feeding, uh, it's kind of like a Dear Abby thing, uh, hoping I'm not Karen. You know, she's one of them, and she makes it clear, I'm a liberal, white, upper-middle-class parent. So, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, she's down with the cause. My favorite part about this is that she's caught between friends. <clears throat> now, th keep, in, keep in mind, her, she's pledged an all-in on the liberal orthodoxy to the point where she doesn't want to be called what you said, Brad. She doesn't want to be called racist, the worst thing that you can be called. And so because of that, she takes her child, her kid, the most important thing to her, and in the name of following this liberal leftist dogma in order to feel good about herself, sends her daughter into a place where she's going to be harassed and has a horrible time there. 
is a victim herself because of the other black students and how they're treating her because she is white in an all-black environment. Now, that alone is just incredible to me. But what's even more incredible is in her response that you read or in her letter that she read or that uh, you read, Brad, quote, I also feel caught between friends who seem to want to say, I told you so. Now, hang on, let's stop about it. You mean the friends that might say, I told you so, who didn't? treat their child so carelessly that they would subject her to that kind of environment? You mean those friends? You know, you mean the friends that were like, no, I, I don't think I'm going to put my child in that kind of environment because I, I, I think because, I, you know, the, the leftists would say because you're racist, but no, I, I'm pretty sure this is not going to be a healthy environment for my child. Because of the, I mean, right now, thanks to Barack Obama and thanks to the radical left, we're more divided right now on race than we have been ever. Well, I'm not going to say ever, but it's way worse than it was before Barack Obama was our president for eight years, for sure, because he did everything he could to divide us every single, every single chance he got. I just find that last part Incredible. She's caught between friends who seem to want to say, I told you so, and those who seem to think that saying that she was the victim of racial harassment somehow makes me seem racist. Oh, no. How dare. I mean, how how dare you actually let your own experience inform the decisions you're going to make and the conclusions? Because the bottom line is Karen or hoping I'm not Karen. If you had this to do over again, you wouldn't do it. And we all know you wouldn't do it. But that's not good enough. See, this this loyal leftist BLM critical race theory, hoping I'm not Karen, this 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 lady here, um, she's one of them. And she has one independent thought. And they essentially cast her out. I mean, that's what I think this is. This is them. Uh, the, the, the slate lady who's responding to this says that. Your daughter might not have done anything deliberately to harm anyone or to invite mistreatment, but her presence disrupts something truly fragile. The, the feeling of safety black kids get from being with other black kids. They know the world is kinder to your child than it is to them. The combination of that knowledge, that pain, and their youth can be very volatile. So we have the leftists excusing the racist behavior of the majority, you know, black environment against a white person. So to your point in all this, Brad, yeah, right now, if you want to be racist against white people, it is something that is socially acceptable. And we've got white parents like Karen who are enabling it. Well, and the thing is, Paul, and we've talked about this with Marxism, they're coming for Karen, too. They're coming for Karen's daughter, too. It's never good enough. They may be down to the cause, but eventually they're coming for you, too. And, in you know, for people like that, this is a real wake-up call, right? You know, I think in some cases. And it's just, it's so sad to see a parent like that who's so driven by this Marxist ideology that, you know, she prioritizes that over... What's best for her own child? That's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, and you know, she might not have even really, I mean, it could have been something subconscious or she really believed. I mean, she really believed, no, it'll be okay, you know? 
I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do, and my daughter is going to be fine. She's going to be left alone. She's going to be praised. All of the black kids are going to get together, and they're going to say, oh, wow, you mean you're white and you came to school with us? You must be not racist. You must be something special. See, there's really, in the... um, in the thought process itself, from the white liberals' perspective, it's uh, it's actually shrouded in uh, superiority and racism in and of itself. Or at least you could argue that point. I mean, we really don't know. We're talking about people's thoughts, okay? And so it's difficult to figure out exactly what somebody is thinking. But anyway. Yeah, well, except that person leading the civil rights division in Biden's DOJ. We know what she's thinking. She clearly yeah. said it. Black yeah, people are superior true. to white people. Uh, that's I true. Mean, so in some cases, you know, it's not just a thought. They're literally saying it to your face. Yeah, Not well, and you know, there's other people too that have said it. Uh, the, the that uh, is it the black comedian? Is it Nick Cannon who talked about, you know, melanin and the soul? If you got more melanin, then you just naturally have more soul. And he wasn't talking figuratively either. I mean, he was talking literally. Even though I'm not, I'm pretty sure we we haven't figured out how to quantify the soul yet. <laughs> um, at least from a scientific standpoint, definitely we can from a theological one. But uh, yeah, me- melanin, it, it's almost like I've said this before, midichlorians in Star Wars, you know, you just some 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 are born with more and have more power, right? more value in the force, if you will. Yeah, he's um, not very bright. <laughs> Maybe it was Mariah Carey. I don't know. You know, he had that thing and she's a little crazy and great singer, though. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Man, you know, let's shift to something that's equally important here and how the GOP is really going to fix things. They're going to stand for anti-Semitism because Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted something they felt was offensive. So here we are eating our own again. Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted out, vaccinated employees get a vaccination logo, just like the Nazis forced Jewish people to wear a gold star. She also tweeted on Tuesday morning, vaccine passports and mask mandates create discrimination against unvaxxed people who trust their immune systems to a virus that is 99% survivable. Well, that was just going too far because House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy found his balls, put them back in his sack and released the following statement. Marjorie is wrong in her intentional decision to compare the horrors of the Holocaust with wearing masks is appalling. Not really what she did, actually. The Holocaust is the greatest atrocity committed in history. The fact that this needs to be stated today is deeply troubling. He then removed his testicles, put them back in the jar. This guy is a complete joke. He's nowhere to be found helping his constituents, helping Trump supporters. But when it comes to insensitive tweets from people within the GOP, oh, he's got it. He is ready. I can't stand it when politicians do this. He, there's you, there's no way you're going to be able to convince me that Kevin McCarthy didn't uh, intentionally mislead in his statement, uh, characterizing what Marjorie said is wrong, but then saying that she was talking about wearing masks as in in terms of, making the comparison to Nazis. She was talking about vaccinations 
And he has to know that, right, Brad? I mean, there's no way you believe that he just made a mistake, right? There is 0% chance he yeah. made a mistake. He's controlled opposition, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, this fits right into what the left wants. This is why everybody gets so frustrated with the Republican Party, with elected Republicans. It was very obvious. But, you know, the media, they did another hoax, right? They, they portrayed it as something it wasn't. Um, he fed right into it and and attacked Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, yeah, this I mean, guy is a joke. I'm, I've got a family member who, you know, at a restaurant here in Arkansas, went in and uh, was asked, you know, do you have your vaccination information? And literally asked for papers. And if she didn't, then they, she had to wear a mask wow. while she, uh, you know, walked to her table. Then she could take it off. I mean, the, <laughs> the level of capriciousness <laughs> is insane at this point. I mean, people think they're safe. It's literally, you know, these restaurant owners, these liberal, they, they think they're doing something to actually save the world. And it's insane. And thankfully, my family member left. He said, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to patron this place. You people are crazy. What Marjorie Taylor Greene said, vaccinated employees get a vaccination logo, just like the Nazis forced Jewish people to wear a gold star. It is, it is just like that. They're singling out people uh, who have, you know, who have, well, I mean, it's a desirable, a, a desirable remark versus a non-desirable remark. I can, uh, or marking, I get that distinction, but we're still separating people out. And when you're starting to get asked and you're starting to get publicly shamed because you're vaccinated or you're not vaccinated, it is very similar. And, you know, I know people say never compare it to Nazis, but hang on a second. Um, let's, let's go to Alberta. Let's go to Alberta, Canada. Let's go to the jailed pastor who, uh, uh, his name is, uh, Pelosi, right? He is uh, Arthur Poloski, and he's in jail right now. He's a Polish pastor who was arrested, uh, and he's the guy that you have seen in these videos telling the masked Nazis, <laughs> he's been calling them Nazis and fascists and Gestapo, to <laughs> oh, get out of true. his church. Now, why is he so passionate? Because he's from Poland. That's why. He understands. See, there, he, he, 100% he understands. And so there are people that get it, and the reason Kevin McCarthy and the mainstream media are reacting the way they are is because deep down they know she's exactly right that what we have done to this country over the last year and a half is horrible. It's not who we are. We've shut down businesses. We've told people they have to cover their God-given faces. We have, uh, we're, we're not interacting with people the way we are. We're distrustful of one another, all for a virus that has been hyped up by the media. We now have the CDC revising their numbers on death counts. We now know more about how many people had what co comorbidities, and the numbers are far lower than what they're now reporting even today the death count is. And they're going to revise it again, and the media will never say anything about it. All they're telling you is to get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, and they're getting upset that nobody that people are stopping. They're not getting vaccinated, and then you have Facebook out censoring people who have vaccination stories where they're having bad reactions and bad is an understatement in some cases. So, um, yeah, to your point, Brad, how is he going to lead the Republican party? Um, he's so detached from the base. We are living our lives. You're in Washington DC, but we're all living our lives and we're watching our fellow citizens and we're watching uh, people just make just, just decisions based on the fact they've been brainwashed for a year. And the Republican Party, the base, knows exactly what's going on, and we're going to reject mainstream Republicanism from here on out.
Yeah. I, what choice do we have? Let me be clear. The House Republican Conference condemns this language. This guy is a complete joke. He's Frank Luntz's pillow buddy. He has no business leading the GOP, and he should resign. He's not going to because he wants to be in charge. He thinks in 2022, Republicans will win, and he'll be the majority leader. But he really is just a stupid piece of And it's just so frustrating to watch. He's Paul Ryan light. When I, the more and more I think about it, 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 Paul Ryan really does, you know, remind me of Kevin McCarthy and vice versa. And it makes sense because they're clearly friends. Uh, You see them in pictures together, et cetera. And we know how Paul Ryan feels about the America first agenda. So it really just, it feels like controlled opposition to me. If it were left up to Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney, we would all be speaking Chinese right now. And that is what I am more sure of now than ever. Each passing day, um, they were just like the Democrats and that they are part of this idea that sells us out to China. And uh, we see that China has a lot more power than many of us ever dreamed of. They've infiltrated our country. They've infiltrated our politicians. They've infiltrated our corporations. And uh, I just want to take this opportunity to remind everybody that that's what we're really battling right now. And that's the cause of much of America's decline. Well, let's talk about China some more here. There was a story that came out. John Cena apologizing to the people of China for saying Taiwan is a country. If you're not familiar with John Cena, he is a WWE superstar. And he is also an actor. He's starring in Fast and the Furious 9. Now, Brad, I just want to interject here. You have written about the WWE uh, I have. In, in your past. So I just want to remind of the audience here. This is right up your alley, John Cena, WWE, this, this uh, niche here. So just yeah. throwing that out there. Of course, Beijing considers Taiwan a self-ruled democratic island and a province that is part of China. We all know that China wants to conquer Taiwan and wants it to be part of China. So they consider it part of their own, even though that's literally not true. So Cena was promoting his role in the upcoming ninth installment of the Fast and the Furious franchise on a Taiwanese broadcast said in Mandarin, Taiwan is the first country they can watch F9, Fast and the Furious 9. His comments sparked an immediate backlash in China. Well, of course, Taiwan is the first country that can watch F9. Taiwan's not a country. How dare you? So so it it took off from there. And so John Cena apologized in Mandarin after calling Taiwan a country a huge sin. I'm not going to play the Chinese uh, video. He's speaking in Chinese. I don't know what the hell it means. But I'm going to give you the translation in English. Hi, China. I'm John Cena. I'm in the middle of Fast and Furious 9 promotions. I'm doing a lot of interviews. I made a mistake in one of my interviews. I made one mistake. I have to say something very, very, very important now. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very, very sorry about my mistake. I apologize. I apologize. I'm very sorry. You must understand that I really love, really respect China and the Chinese people. My apologies. So John, uh, his name is John China. 
or John John China. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's an interesting exercise. If you if you get on Twitter, this is what I did when I read the story, Brad. I've already told you this, but I got on Twitter because I just was like, this just seems like John Cena, this big muscle bound guy, is a is a well a, a female dog. And I so I got on and Googled uh, John Cena, female dog. Well, not female dog. I, I used the, the street slang for female dog. And there you go. And it was uh, a lot of people that agreed with me that this, this performance, if you will, this bootlicking, this anti-American sentiment, bending over backwards for a dollar, because that's what this is, was just it turned everyone else's stomachs as well. And, you know, you've got this big muscle-bound WWE star who, you know, acts all tough in movies, acts all tough, and yet will essentially bow to the empire of China on a whim. And it's just absolutely the most disgusting display of lack of masculinity I think we've seen in the entire year so far. Of 2021, this is the most emasculating thing that, I mean, John Cena could probably stop a mud hole in uh, the average Chinese person, physically speaking. And, and then, he get, then he gets on his screen and he's like, please, please forgive me. It, what an embarrassment. Wow. Yeah, and the backlash was, uh, was pretty brutal, which I thought was great because that's exactly what we need to see. So conservative commentators went wild. Josh Jordan said, China neutered John Cena for the entire world to see. John Cardillo said, John Cena is China's bitch. Jack Posobiec said, this is called a kowtow. It is not something a champion would do. <laughs> Arthur Bloom says, they got John Cena's balls locked in a vault in Beijing somewhere. Gonna need an action movie about recovering them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Steve Deese says, underneath all those muscles, just another mangina snowflake. <laughs> that's my favorite one. <laughs> I like that one, mangina. That's funny. Mark Wallace says, absolutely pathetic, John Cena. Maybe call the next film Desperate and Spineless. Hmm. You know, I, and I wonder what this could do to the fast. The Fast and Furious has got a pretty big following here in America. Yeah, I mean, so I, I want and and that 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 type of uh, voter is or that type of demographic they they're not going to take too kindly to this cow town to the Chinese. They're just not. They're not communists. No, a lot of the backlash that I saw was, you know, what's your loyalty to America or, you know, China? So it was really really fascinating to see. And again, the responses I thought were like really reassuring. It was it was really nice to see that people rejected this, you know, and, you know, I guess if there is a positive in all of this negative, it, that would be it. Well, just all of this anti-Asian sentiment, it's just alive and well. Now, we're going to see that, mark my words, because that whole anti-Asian sentiment, all that fake news, that's all done by the Chinese right now. It's all done so that you can't criticize the Chinese, just like you can't criticize George Soros or you're an anti-Semite, right? Yep. Uh, that's what that's what it's all designed for. So mark my words. After this backlash, you'll see more articles about anti-Asian sentiment is up in America. What's going on? Because the Chinese know what you know, Brad. 
being called a racist is the worst thing you can say to somebody nowadays. Mm. And in closing, I want to talk about this. This is this is next level Banana Republic here. Manhattan DA Cy Vance convenes a grand jury in Trump criminal probe to hear evidence and weigh in on potential charges. This is per the Washington Post. Um, yeah, Banana Republic is right. Um, I would link this to what we said earlier, though. I think I think these this is this is because of the audit. Um, this is this is this is this is several phone calls that have been made. They've had this in in uh, they've had this in waiting. It's just been one of their options the whole time. And when Trump starts to get up there at these rallies and has this evidence of fraud, then then they've got this to hit him with. So the, in in, a, in reality, again, I think this is an act of desperation. I think they uh, I th- I think they know what's about to happen over the next couple of months, and it's going to be something that the even aspects of the mainstream media aren't going to be able to ignore it. They're going to report on it negatively. They're going to report on it falsely. Uh, they're going to lie about it. But even doing that is, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. There's no, no such thing as bad publicity in this because the American people, as we saw in the election, they don't believe anything the media says. Many of us believe the complete opposite of what we're told. And so uh, they know what's coming. And that's why you've got the New York uh, DA doing this. I think that's a fascinating point that we need to explore. Is this their plan to end a Trump re-election in 2024? I think that's a really fascinating point you made, Paul, that, that maybe I don't think is being talked about enough. It's, it's a really fascinating point because what do we know about the Obama administration? Like they were targeting their political opponents, right? And now we're seeing this beginning with obviously the Biden administration as well. So is this that next step? Right. And, and it could also be a head fake or at least just a, um, you know, we could make you an offer that you're not going to refuse. And I'm not talking about sleeping with the fishes, but this news comes out. It it hasn't been indicted. It's just that he's under criminal investigation is what they're saying. So if you don't have your rallies, if you go away, maybe this goes away too. But if you start doing your MAGA stuff again, we're coming for you. And that's really what this is, is reading between the lines. It's just communication saying that we'll do this. Now, they obviously don't know who Donald Trump is because, uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's not he doesn't care. I mean, he's going to come right back at you 10 times harder. So anyway, we do know that. That the Manhattan D.A. is a Democrat political hack. I mean, that's that's something we already know. So is he just a tool of this Biden uh, Obama administration? This corrupt leftist administration that targets their political opponents. Uh, we talked about, you know, Republican, Democrat, the political establishment. They do not want Donald Trump to run again. And uh, they will do anything. It's very obvious to make sure he doesn't. Uh, and I wonder why, you know, these folks in these positions like these Sivances, they're not so concerned with anything Hunter Biden does. Mm. Oh, no, no, that's OK. Um, he's going to write a book that nobody's going to buy, <laughs> but we got to investigate the Trumps. Yeah. Uh, cause he's going to hold those rallies and get the support of the, the people who want to put America first and we can't have that.
Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the, the Hunter Biden aspect. I've forgotten about Hunter. Although when I'm on Gab, I love people that post like photos like this photo never gets old. And it's the one of Hunter Biden in like a jock strap with a scarf on and sunglasses, <laughs> like just high off of his mind, out of his mind. And it's like, yeah, this dude is now, um, you know, he, he's now more powerful than he was when these photos were taken. And it's like, OK, everybody go back to your go back to your jobs. Like people are hungry for justice. They want some sort of um they, they, they want this system uh, to actually put, you know, everybody, uh, hold everybody up to the same standard. And it's not right now. You've made the point many times. It's the just us system and we get the justice system. I'm still, I'm still hoping and praying that something happens, that uh, something breaks loose and that we do see the, ju- in the meantime, even if that doesn't happen, even if nobody is actually held to account, we, the people are going to know with these audits, I believe exactly what happened and uh, as time goes on more and more people are going to realize that there's no way there's no way they 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 the, the public doesn't find out exactly what they did and when you have massive public awareness and i'm talking to people even in democrat circles that are going to have to even it, it look at the evidence that comes out um people are going to start to have complete a, a loss of trust in our system and Maybe, 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 maybe we get actual reforms out of that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we have to try. Yes. And we have to square up with the 2020 election. But if we can fix that, if we can get to the bottom of that, then I believe we could have a massive turnout in 2022 and even in 2024. Yeah. And I saw T- Torba said uh, the first uh, <laughs> first gab I saw this morning. Uh, it was a it was a meme about you know uh, red wave versus uh, not acknowledging that what our real problem is in this country is a spiritual one, mm-hmm. and he's exactly right. And it really got me thinking because this is what I gabbed. I gabbed something like this uh, that I guess I, I saw what Torba wrote in my epiphany this morning, or my new thought was. Um, we have Republicans that have an allergy to admitting that the first and best reason we need to reform this public policy or that public policy is because of the character of God and his standards. And so we have Republicans that don't want to admit that publicly. They just want to talk about the other reasons of why the public policy is bad and needs to be changed. And so we effectively ha- we have had and still have a bunch of practical atheists who are running the Republican Party. And I want people to think about that. But that's what's really dawned on me is um, while they may not be atheists in their personal life or what they what they confess, you know, but but in, in terms of in terms of public policy, I think they, mm-hmm. they don't want to go anywhere near recognizing a higher power as the reason why this law is bad and needs to be changed. And that flies in the very face of the Declaration of Independence, which sought to establish this country in humility, recognizing a higher power and saying that the, our rights come from God and not this government or that government. It's something that's, you know, inalienable. And that's our biggest problem right now, to Torba's point, is a spiritual sickness. And that's what's going on right now is, a, is a, in my opinion, just a massive spiritual battle and what we see in the news is 
nothing compared to what's really going on. Yeah, and I think you see that uh, reflecting in our culture today, right? I mean, it goes into other areas where, you know, a godless society, you start seeing a lot more of things like transgenderism, children choosing their gender and, you know, teens getting puberty blockers and all kinds of really sick stuff that is really harmful to people. And and you see Republicans shifting left. Caitlin for governor, right? Caitlin for California. So you see Republicans shifting left on these issues. Baphomet, you see them. Baphomet. Just, yeah. <laughs> and you see them not promoting a pro-Christian, pro-God society. And so these things really just have a way of aligning together. We, we've got to get right. We've, we've got to fix these issues. And I see no evidence that the people we have in leadership today are willing or ever going to do that. Yeah, and, and, and to your point, it goes to being able to clearly define our enemy, clearly define what we need to fix in, in the clearest possible terms. And I feel like those who are being the Pied Piper and, and leading the, quote, leading the Republican Party or trying to lead the Republican Party, uh, they don't really want to talk about that, right? Because that, I mean, if you think about Washington, D.C. society, there's no room <laughs> for actual, uh, you know, honest integrity when it comes to what the real problems are. Because if you fix those, then all of a sudden Washington, D.C. doesn't have as much power. All of a sudden... Washington, D.C. doesn't have as much money. I mean, they're literally taking our money, and we send it all to Washington, and they enrich themselves with it. It's ju- It really is just like, I don't know if you ever read the children's book by Eric Metaxas. I love Eric Metaxas, his radio show and everything. It, Donald drains the swamp, and there's, a, there's, there's another one out there, Donald builds the wall. And, and these are legitimate children's books. They're fantastic. My daughter I loves love Donald drains the swamp, and it's... Uh, it's true, man, uh, and and that's, it, and, you know, he set out to do it. I think he drained it a little bit, and uh, they fought him, man, and, and here we are. Well, if Republicans are ever in doubt, and they want to continue forward with this socially perverse agenda, then they can always have Frank Luntz cook up a few fake polls. Apparently, that's what he's good at. That's actually been exposed by former employees of his company. The, the polls are fake for the people that are paying him the money. <laughs> it's like Frank Luntz. You remember like Marco Rubio, like Frank Luntz tried to say he won one of the debates uh, going into mm-hmm. 2016. It was like, where does that go? Oh, the dials keep turning the dials. They're, the dials are going yep. up. Yeah. Yep. He's getting paid to say that. <laughs> and now Rubio is, uh, you know, Rubio's, they're doing the same thing with Rubio now on Breitbart. It's, uh, it's obvious, painstakingly obvious that, you know, Frank Luntz, you know, Frank Luntz approved or uh, Frank Luntz certified, McCarthy approved. You know, it's just ridiculous. But we'll we'll keep telling you what it really means, though. Each and every week we'll be here. And that's all for today. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Paul, where can everyone reach you on social media? Uh, I'm just on Gab at Paul Harrell 1776. That's the one that I check. And so we're plodding along there and make sure you follow us, uh, Brad, uh, uh, make sure you follow WIRM podcast. That's where we post, uh, on Gab TV, our, 
our podcast every day. If uh, if Apple or Google or anybody else ever wants to, you know, kick us off, you can always find us on Gab TV. Thanks to great minds like Andrew Torba. Yeah, absolutely. And you can follow me on Gab as well for my political takes at Brad Shepard. Until next time. <laughs>